Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself and Bully Ray talk about Raw 30, that opening segment with the bloodline tremendous, the trial of Sami Zayn, not guilty. We'll get into that. Also, the return of the dead man as the American badass. We'll get into that as well. And we have the first ever Royal Rumble winner as we get you ready for the Royal Rumble on Saturday. Hacksaw Jim Duggan right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Sami Zayn and Jey Uso got emotional last night. You actually saw Jey Uso's and Sami Zayn's eyes start to tear up when they were talking last night. And that's how you're going to get an audience to buy into a story. I mean, the performances that we saw across the board, starting with Paul Heyman, with Roman, with Sammy, and then finally with Jay Uso, that segment to me was a thing of beauty. The bloodline segment from raw 30 last night was perfectly executed. Everybody played their part perfectly. Yeah. I'm not quite sure if the Usos were laughing because they were in the moment and really feeling for Sammy or if they were laughing and crying from laughter at Heyman speaking Samoan, (laughs) which I think he just made up on the spot just to try to pop everybody. I almost would love to just find out if that was actually real or not. I have no idea what he said, but then again, I don't know the language, but I want, but, but I bet you Paul Heyman does. So I actually think what he said was probably legit. Maybe, maybe not, but man, he, that opening promo was fantastic by Paul Heyman. Listen, Paul is a master. I've said that for years. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows the nuance. He knows the buttons to push. He knows when to push them. If you thought for one, I knew, I knew that Paul was going to destroy ECW once they started chanting ECW. And that was very much probably a backup plan or said on the spot. He probably knew that they were going to start chanting it and then said to himself, if they do, this is how I will turn them. Now, Realize this, ECW, very near and dear to Paul, obviously, but will now use it to turn the people 
and use it against Sammy. On a side note, outside of storyline, Dave, you got to find it amazing that people to this day still chant those three letters. And I and we talked about it yesterday. We talked about why not have some ECW legends as a part of that roundtable that they were using last night because because bully the Philadelphia fans remember. And you were saying that hey, they don't want the fans to remember. Well, the the Philadelphia fans are going to remind the WWE that they do remember by starting off that show chanting ECW, which they did last night to start off Monday Night Raw 30. You're not going to be able to keep Paul Heyman off the show, but you can keep the Dudleys off. You can keep Rob Van Dam off. You can keep Dreamer off. You can keep Taz off. You can keep any of those ECW guys. They weren't going to stop the ECW chance for Paul. Paul is an absolute necessity and has to be on that show last night. Thus, he takes the ECW chance. He turns it around ECW and says ECW is dead or has died, which is exactly what I hope happens to you, Sami Zayn. So, Paul does what any great heel does on any given day, on any given moment. He takes them when they're at their highest and turns it on them and stabs them right in the back with it. Perfect execution by Heyman. Yeah, and you know what? The whole segment was perfect, even starting off with the commentary by Corey Graves. You know, you we you and I praise Corey Graves, I think, every single Tuesday morning, whether we enjoyed Raw or not. And he taught, he started off with Roman coming down that entrance ramp, you know, with the bloodline. And he said, 30 years ago, Bret Hart ushered in a new era for the WWE. And now Roman Reigns is ushering in a new era for the WWE. And I think that's 100% true. I really do feel like 30 years from now or 20 years from now when there's Raw 50, they're going to be looking back at last night and the bloodline and that story that they're telling leading up to WrestleMania. And at a time where in pro wrestling across the board, there's not a lot of stars, I think Roman Reigns is definitely one of the few. Roman Reigns is is the biggest star. I would say in the WWE right now, but Brock did come out at the end of the night. There's always be the argument for Brock who, you know, is a pseudo part-timer over there. But as far as the full-timers are concerned, it's definitely Roman question based off of yesterday's show. We were talking about Sammy in the main event of WrestleMania against Roman after last night. Would you want to see Sammy in the main event any more or less than what we spoke about yesterday? Probably a little bit more, okay. you know, based on the story that we saw. Again, I, I'm I'm still thinking for me it's going to be Cody. But if it's Sammy Zayn, bully, you're not going to get any complaints from me. Actually, I think it would be amazing to see Roman and Sammy Zayn in the ring at WrestleMania. Whether that happens or not, we don't know. They have uh, – the WWE this close to WrestleMania has options, and I think all the options are a winning combination. If we get The Rock to come back, that's 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 uh, I mean that's box office. That's a blockbuster. If we get Cody, the story is amazing. No complaints from me. And if it's Sammy, I think it's a home run as well. All the options I think is a winning formula for the WWE right now. And 
options is a word that I've been using on this show since day one. Creative bookers always like to have options. And with this storyline, they definitely do. It's we're in must see TV time for the WWE. As you always say, you call it the fall of the fall and then things heat up going into the rumble and then obviously into mania. We can't forget this is also, is there, isn't there one show before mania? Is there elimination chamber or something like that? Or they've done away with that. I'm getting, you know, I have to look at the schedule cause I know they've reshuffled the schedule, but we, we always get elimination chamber. You know, there's always one. Uh, um, I think it is elimination chamber in Montreal before we get, before we get to uh, WrestleMania this year. But to me, Bully, like you talk about, there is no off-season in the world of pro wrestling and in the WWE, but I think that fall time is the closest we get to an off-season. If that's the truth, then last night was opening day. Last night was opening day, and then, man, every show is going to be meaningful moving forward until we get to WrestleMania in L.A. An elimination chamber will take place in Montreal. Who's from Montreal that plays very heavily into this whole storyline? Kevin Owens. There you go. And I think your idea from yesterday might be the direction that they're going in. Kevin and Sammy versus the Usos and Cody versus uh, Roman at Mania. I mean, that's, it seems like where that's going. It's possible. But again, there are options here. But from Sammy's, even Solo Sokoa in that segment, Bully, was fantastic. Solo Sokoa has never, not once showed his hand at all. You know, he's emotionless. Like, he just does whatever Roman Reigns says. And even after Jey Uso stopped him, he didn't show any emotion. He just stone-faced the entire time. I'm wondering how Solo Sokoa is going to play in this whole story because he has played his role to a T. Um, a, a, a guy that just showed up on the scene relatively recently who is fitting into the storyline perfectly, playing his part perfectly, and if he what does he side with Jimmy and Jay? Does he side with Roman? Is Heyman able to get into his ear? What's going to happen with Solo? I'm just as interested in seeing which direction Solo goes in as I am Jimmy J or Roman. Yeah, and and I love... Every aspect of this storyline, and I believe that when this all culminates, it's going to be like a final scene of The Godfather where, you know... Everybody's get who's getting whacked, who survives. Michael's in church, you know, or a final scene of an action movie or Star Wars or whatever, where where everything finally pays off at the end. And you have to see it. You're that invested in the storyline. It's like great soap opera. You're so invested. I mean, what was the biggest? um, soap opera episode ever wasn't that like General Hospital, the yeah. marriage of Luke and Laura back in the, like 30, 35 years ago? Bow and Hope, told, the Days of Our Lives. There you go. They told the story so well that it was absolutely must see television, and that's what they're doing with the Bloodline. You know who shot Jr. with Dallas? I mean, those, yep. those those stories all have layers as well. And think about what we saw last night, Bully with Jay Uso. 
Jey Uso was the one member of the bloodline that was completely against Sami Zayn early on. Like they really, Sami had to really win him over. And then last night, when they're about to say, you know what, you're done, you're executed, you're out, it was Jey Uso that came to Sami Zayn's defense. And again, they're in the world of pro wrestling where things move so fast, you know. Bully, in the world of the WWE, sometimes they completely erase things that happened the week before a Monday Night Raw. And now they're going back to things that happened in July and August within the world of the WWE. That's a lifetime ago, what happened like five, six, seven months ago. But they did that last night. They went back and showed you clips of this story and where they got to the point. And Jey Uso being the one to defend Sami Zayn, I, I mean... Again, they played it perfectly last night. Um, I obviously had a massive appreciation for them referring back and showing you what happened along the way and how we got there. It was how the Aces and Eights story was told 10 years ago where they did a recap show showing you an entire year of buildup. And I think when wrestling can do that, it makes the short story even stronger. It, it's kind of like the movie, the sixth sense where they went at the very end, they went back and they showed you how we built up for this moment. And you were like, wow, it was all right there in front of me, but the way they wrap it up in a nice bow at the end. And, and you saw the two different sides. You saw Heyman giving his side. And then you saw Jimmy or Jay giving their side compelling arguments from the two, yet we're wrapping up the story to get us to that very moment. What a great job by everybody involved in the WWE from production to creative to talent, bringing it all together last night. NFL fans right now on the SXM app hear in-depth coverage of your team with the Believe Podcast Network on Sirius XM. It's all the analysis, all the breakdowns that matter to you, hosted by the players who played for your team and the fans who eat, sleep, and breathe it. 32 diehard fan bases, 32 podcasts. The Believe Podcast Network on Sirius XM. B-L-E-A-V. Search Believe in, followed by your team on the SXM app, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I have been yelling and screaming that I want The Undertaker to have one last WrestleMania moment in front of fans. Again, his career ended bully in a cinematic match against AJ Styles at WrestleMania 36. The last time we saw The Actual Undertaker was, again, around zero fans. And then last night at Raw 30... We saw the American badass. And man, I looked at social media immediately, bully. And then there were people that were saying, Look, Rekka must be beside himself right now. And he must be jumping up and down like a schoolgirl. And then there, the other half was like, Ah, LaGreca must be pissed off because it's not The Undertaker and it's the American badass. I got to be honest with you, it immediately reminded me of a conversation I had with you. Around this time, Bully, leading up to WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans. And I was saying that I want to see The Undertaker go up against John Cena in New Orleans at WrestleMania 34. And you were saying, you know what? I would much rather see 
the American badass. And then I said to you, I said, man, bully, I don't think the fans would want to see that. They want to see The Undertaker. They want to. They want that whole entrance. They want the music, the whole nine. And you were like, no, LaGreca, give us something different. Give us something that we haven't seen in 20 years. Give us the American badass. Give us more of the man, Mark Calloway, than the gimmick of The Undertaker. Well, last night, Bully, that's exactly what we saw. And when I bring this up, it has not, it's not like I don't like The Undertaker or I don't like The Undertaker's entrance, but there's only so much you can do with it. And I've seen it so many times. But much like going to see Kiss, it's still cool to see. Yeah. When you go see Kiss, you know you're getting Detroit Rock City, shout it out loud, you're getting the blood, you're getting the fire, you're getting the pyro. You know what you're getting, but it's still fun to see. But if I could get something different, if you told me that I was going to get Kiss playing Revenge, I'd be like, yeah, I'd really be into that because that's my favorite incarnation of Kiss without the makeup. The American Badass to me was such a cool character with cool songs and a cool entrance. I've seen The Undertaker's entrance so many times. How much different lighting can you do? How much different effects can you do? How much darker can you make the arena? How much more uh, of a, you know, smoke and fog or druids can you use? That's why last night I popped so huge when I heard uh, you know, the Kid Rock song kick in because just the music alone is more upbeat than the you know, somber music of the dead man and the, you know, the slow walk to the ring. I thought I thought last night was the perfect place to bust out the American badass. It was great to see Taker doing a gimmick, you know, g- going out there and doing a gimmick that he loved doing himself. He really was all into the American badass character. And uh, it, it was, uh, as we talked about at the top of the show, a great segment, a great segment for the fans because they got to see The Undertaker, the American badass, a great segment for uh, L.A. Knight because he gets the rub from the dead man and gets to be, you know, his character is starting to get off the ground. He's off and running. And let me tell you something. They have hit the the, the, the gas and the brake on L.A. Knight so many times, and I, I, I'm not quite sure why. But that kid has the gift of gab. He has a lot of talent. I, I hope that they eventually really run with him because he can talk. He talks really, really well. He's good on the stick. He's coming up with little things to get the people behind him. So L.A. Knight got the rub. Obviously, Bray Wyatt comes in gets the massive rub from The Undertaker, gets the face-to-face, the whisper. And as I put on social media, I know exactly what Taker whispered to Bray Wyatt last night. He whispered, I listened to Busted Open for all three hours. Most people do. And 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 bully. Are you sure would... they don't just listen for seven to eight minutes in their car? No, that's that that's what people did in nineteen eighty six. Listen, bully, <laughs> let me let me let me say this that when it comes to the Undertaker, and I argued with you that day. I said people don't want to see that. 
They want to see. They want to see that long entrance. They want to see the lighting. They want to see the pyre. They want to see the flames. They want to see the druids, right? But I will say this: I popped so loud because we all knew we were getting the Undertaker last night. They advertised it, so you were waiting at some point for the Undertaker to to come out. The fact that they kind of swerved you a little bit, that you got a different incarnation of that. You, the fact that you got American Badass, the fact that you haven't seen it in over 20 years, that was a really good moment. But let's break down what we saw. Break it we down. See, so we see the American Badass, and you're right. He does whisper into Bray Wyatt's ear. So let me ask you, Bully, after watching that segment last night, am I still insane by going on one knee, doing a handcuff, sticking out my tongue like a moron, and saying the Undertaker's coming back for one more match. Did you get that feeling of that when watching that segment last night? Absolutely not. Okay, why? Because if he were to come back from one more match, based on the segment with we saw last night, who would he be coming back against? I guess it would be L.A. Knight, or it could possibly be Bray Wyatt. You really want to see The Undertaker versus L.A. Knight or Bray Wyatt? I, I, I don't. Would, I wouldn't mind seeing it against Bray Wyatt. But again, all right, let me. All right, let me. Let me ask you this. I've seen then, it before. All right. So then, what was he whispering to Bray Wyatt? Was that something we weren't supposed to see, or is that storyline related? I think it was based on the tweet. I think he was just giving him some words of wisdom some inspiration and that's about it. I don't think, and I think it's for us to decide what happened when the screen went black on the last episode of Sopranos. We don't know. I have no idea what happened. They they left it up to the viewer to decide. Did the screen going black mean means that the entire family gets whacked there in the diner? It's possible. Did the screen going black meant that everything was totally fine and they enjoyed breakfast together? Maybe. We don't know. I I would rather whatever Taker whispered in Bray Wyatt's ear be as talked about controversial as what was in Marcellus Wallace's briefcase. Uh, and, and you know what? That's very, very possible because social media did blow up last night. Because there's a lot of people, Bully, that were DMing me, messaging me last night saying, holy shit, LaGreca, you've been right this whole time. We're going to see The Undertaker in one, one more match. And then there were people messaging me, texting me, and DMing me saying, see, LaGreca, we're not seeing The Undertaker in one more match. Like, it was really split down the middle. So to your point, Bully, I still think there's a lot of questions coming out of that segment last night. Now you look at that segment as an exclamation point. That's it. End of sentence. That's what we saw last night. And that's where it lives and dies. But there's a lot of people that saw that segment last night saying, all right, that's the beginning of something that could lead us to one more match for the undertaker. But we've already seen Bray versus taker. We had, we, we saw it at what, WrestleMania 31. What's the, what's the big deal about that? Seeing that again. I think in, in a lot of ways, when people look back at that now, gosh, years ago now, it's a different, it's a different Bray Wyatt. You know, a lot has happened with Bray Wyatt since that moment. 
I, I'm just throwing it out there, Bully. Listen, you obviously don't want to see it happen. You obviously think that we're done with The Undertaker. But again, I never... No. I didn't, okay. No. I did not say... I said I don't need to see Taker versus LA Knight or Bray Wyatt. If there was a certain story that was there that Undertaker was the be-all and end-all opponent for somebody, <clears throat> then I would say yes. But I, what was the last match we saw Taker actually wrestle? I mean, we saw him in that cinematic match with AJ Styles, but the last physical match, I guess, was with John Cena at WrestleMania 34. Okay. That was that five-minute match, right? Yeah, we, he just played all the hits. And it was really, it was actually a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was easy to do because it was five minutes and he played the hits. So, so five years ago. I don't think Taker now. wants to go out there and actually wrestle unless he knows he can give the people a match that is Undertaker to, to his level of quality. Um, well, let me ask you. Do you think he could give us one more match at a high quality that he that the fans would love and he would be proud of? I don't know. I don't know. Because the last time we saw him wrestle was a five-minute squash against Cena, and then we got cinematic versus AJ. And they did cinematic for a reason. And by the way, Paul saying I'm not correct about his last match. Paul, what was... Then, Paul, what was physically... Undertaker's last match. So he had some matches over in Saudi Arabia. Um, and his last singles match, Dave, was actually against Goldberg at WWE Super Showdown, uh, which was in Jeddah in 2019. He had a couple tag matches that were also uh, one at Extreme Rules 2019 and one at Super Showdown in 2020. So he did have matches... Uh, after that, he also had one super showdown in Australia against Triple H one on one. That was 2018. That was a singles match. So I he forgot did have about match. those. Yeah, I forgot about those matches in but Saudi. Those are so they're so long. It's three years that he hasn't yeah. been in a ring bumping around. You know. And also, remember what we were talking about after that Goldberg Undertaker match from Saudi. Like we were really upset about that match. So. And if you remember from the documentary, he says it himself how hard it is for him to get ready these days just for one match at Mania because that time off and then getting your body in the swing of things again. I, I don't need to see it. If you, you know what I would be more interested to see? AJ versus Taker Cinematic Part 2. Uh, to me, I'd be interested in that. And listen, I mean, if we were going to go to cinematic route, then I'm fine with the way it ended at WrestleMania 30, you know, at, th at WrestleMania 36. And the reason I say that, Bully, is because that that WrestleMania, again, it's very difficult for me to go back and watch that WrestleMania just because where we were at that time, it's just a difficult thing to really sit down and watch. But, man, thank goodness for that match, right? Because that match really really helped us at a really very difficult time. 
So if that's if his if that's his last match cinematic, I don't want to see another cinematic match. I want to do that really for the Undertaker to have that one last match at a WrestleMania in front of seventy five thousand, eighty thousand fans. Like I just feel like he needs to go out because when I think of the Undertaker, I think of WrestleMania, and I would love for him to just have that one last final moment. But maybe you know what? Not every time you're going to see your career end with a game winning touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. You're not always going to get your career ending the way that probably Ric Flair's career should have ended after WrestleMania 24. Maybe this is the way for The Undertaker to go out. But the more I see him, like I saw him last night, it makes me want it even more, Bully. Because I look at him last night and I'm like, damn, he looks good. He looks great. I thought he did. I thought he did last night. Listen. You're a massive Undertaker fan, so you're going to find any way to get him back for one more match. I am looking at this um, from 30,000 feet, objectively and fair. If the absolute right storyline was there, yes, sure. If somebody could get the massive rub as Brock Lesnar did when he defeated Taker and Taker wanted to pass it on to Roman. If somebody could get the massive rub, the last casket match where Taker actually gets put in the casket and that's the last we see of him. Okay. I'm down with that. It's gotta be something of substance. It's gotta be something where a a younger talent can benefit from it. Could you imagine, and I'm just throwing, this is, I'm pulling this out of the head. If Austin Theory were to put The Undertaker in that casket and close that casket door and stand on top of The Undertaker's casket as it got lower, as it got lowered into its grave for the final time, then I'm on board. Because now I got to see the entrance one last time. I got to see Taker wrestle one last time. Plus, I saw a young up-and-comer get a massive rub from burying The Undertaker. To me, that makes sense. And you know what? That's probably what The Undertaker would want as well. Like, he wanted that streak to end to really put somebody to that next plateau. We can argue till we're blue in the face about whether Brock was the right person to end that streak, but I agree with you. I think he would do it one more time if there was the right person to take to that next level. I agreed with Brock ending the streak because I didn't see at that moment anybody else who possibly could. It was it was well within the, the realm of believability because Brock is a beast and it would take a beast to destroy a dead man. Tillamook chocolate collection ice cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate (laughs) is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. 
it probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. This is Adam Shine, host of the Adam Shine Podcast. Here to tell you, you can listen to my podcast all year round. I'll give you my NFL picks against the spread, give you fantasy advice all season long, while being joined by the best guests in all of sports. He's Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. This is what I expect. You know, I expect to play well every year. We release episodes of the Adam Shine Podcast every week. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app, including with most subscriptions. The Adam Shine Podcast the one and only Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Sir, how are you this morning? Well, very good, but you know the first thing old Hacksaw's got to do is give a big ho! It gets the blood flowing, gets the hair standing up. I said everybody should start the morning off with a good ho. All right. (laughs) Well, you know what? Case in point, my first and second ex-wife. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, seriously, and, and Bully, this is where I'm going to need you to kind of reel me in a little bit because obviously everybody knows that listens to this show. Hexo Jim Duggan started off back in world-class and mid-south and Georgia championship wrestling. So I have like a thousand questions for Hacksaw Jim Duggan about the territory days back in the, in the late seventies and early eighties. But you know, here we are, it's Royal Rumble week and you know, we're Saturday is the Royal Rumble. And, and I'll start it off with the first ever winner of the Royal Rumble. So obviously all these years later, did you think that we would still be talking about the Royal Rumble? 
First off, nobody was more surprised in that whole building than me that I won that thing. I'll tell you, I was looking at the board. I'm going down the board. I'm like, I'm winning. <laughs> that, that's obviously the biggest feather in my cap, you know. But, uh, no, I don't think anybody realized how big the Royal Rumble would become. But I don't think anyone realized how big the WWF or E would become, you know, uh, the international powerhouse it is. As you guys know, I you do a lot of charity with the NFL guys. And I always ask them, like, world champions, where in the world do you fellas go? Like, well, we went to London. I'm like, that's like going to the West Coast. You got to be kidding. I said, so, nobody knows Tom Brady down in Christchurch, New Zealand, but they'll go, hello. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Absolutely. Yeah. Paxel, you, you, you just you talked me, about ahead. being surprised about finding out that you were winning the Rumble. You said you looked at the board. So am I to assume that you found out day of the Rumble that you were going over? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Didn't have a clue to that day. And then the next day was another show. We all loaded up and, and hit the road and had a party that night and hit the next town. Uh, it was a different business back then. It was kind of the golden age also. Yeah, you know, it, that was definitely. Kind of, it was the Hogan, Macho, Jake the Snake, Andre the Giant. You know, you can still name 10 guys without thinking about it. So um, we know that uh, Pat Patterson came up with the idea for the Royal Rumble, correct? Right. Do you Correct. remember when you first heard the idea for the Rumble and the rules for the Rumble and the rest of the boys, how did you feel about this new gimmick match that was being introduced to you guys? Well, we were kind of open to everything, especially a lot of the guys came out of the territories as you were talking about. So, you know, down in Mid-South, one time we had a, a hooded battle royal. So we knew there was all kinds of different battle royals that they're going to have. So we just assumed this was just going to be another flash in the pan gimmick and it wasn't going to go on to become probably one of the more for the top four pay-per-views for WWE. And it's probably one of those events that I know from a lot of my neighbors here. That's like one of the few events that they watch in pro wrestling is the rumble because of the excitement of the entrance coming down. And, you know, for you to be the first ever, this is going to be talked for years, decades to come. I mean, do you realize the the effect that that's always going to have? You're always going to be number one. No one's going to be able to take that position away from you. Well, it, you know, it's just humbling to be in our business. You know, here I am. Uh, I just turned 69 years old. I still travel the world signing autographs, telling stories about the golden age of wrestling. You know, and it, it's humbling folks just remember us, but also to be the winner of the first ever Royal Rumble like you said, because you know, I joke, you said, you know, I was I was never world champion. I was never intercontinental champion. I was never tag team champion. I was lucky to win a match. <laughs> but still, I got that uh, first ever Royal Rumble. That's the biggest feather in my cap. Haxo, what was your relationship like with Vince McMahon? Yeah, he was my boss. He wasn't my friend. And, and I don't hate Vince McMahon. Actually, when a lot of guys are like, that dirty son of a gun, Vince McMahon. When my youngest daughter finally graduated through college, I put her through college, I called Vince and said, hey, thank you very much for the life that I live, man. Nobody talks about Mid-South. Nobody talks about WCW. People talk about the WWF. And it's been a great business for me. Everybody sees Jake, who's one of my best friends, or Scott Hall. They talk about the horrors of wrestling, the dark side of the ring. You know, I've been with my wife for maybe 40 years, now coming up to 40 years. I uh, never had to go to rehab for booze or drugs. 
did a lot of both. I can't throw no stones, but I didn't have a joke. I said, no, uh, no felony arrest. Couple of misdemeanors, but it was the eighties. You know what the hell? And <laughs> hey, we've the all we've all been there. Out an infamy, me and the sheik. You know, I mean, uh, that, that's uh, the bustable living infamy. But overall, it's been a great business for me, and and I appreciate. It. And people, I did a show, and that kid, young guy, was like, "That Vince McMahon, he treats us like pieces of meat." I'm like, "Well, son, what the hell you think you are? You want a friend? Go buy a puppy. Welcome to the big leagues. Caps and sleeves at this level." True. Now you mentioned you mentioned uh, the New, New Jersey Turnpike with with the uh, with the Sheik, and Did I obviously, that? <laughs> uh, you know what hacksaw? Trust me, Dave was salivating to ask you about yeah. this, oh. but he didn't exactly know how to That's ask you about true. it. Oh, that is totally true. Yeah. It's totally That's true. That's not true. Now that you brought it up, you opened up a can. No, well, of- you got to talk about it, brother. You got to talk about no, it. No, but, you know? but, but it, I do a but, stand-up show, and if somebody doesn't ask about it, I have somebody plan it. And I'm like, oh, thanks a lot for bringing that up, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but, but go ahead, man. What do you got, man? No, but but you know what? Like, if you tell that story now to a new generation of wrestling fans, they would be like, I don't understand. I don't get it. So what? But, you know, for, for me as a young fan and for a lot of people at that time, we were like, no, that can't be true. I mean, Hacksaw Jim Duggan is not in the car with the Iron Sheik. And I got to tell you, and Bully and I talk about this a lot here on the show. Is that it's a it's a magical time that like we can never get back. Like there was that there was that time in the business where the fans believed and there was this magic around it. Like, do you miss that? And like, is it hard to explain that story to a new generation of fans that probably wouldn't understand it? Yeah, because like well now it's they come right out. It's sports entertainment. So yeah. you know it coming out of the blocks, you know. But that doesn't mean it's a, not a competitive business. I tell kids, they come up and say, hey, I want to be a pro wrestler. I said, well, chase your dreams. Because, you know, personally, I looked at Daniel Bryant. And I said, that guy, he ain't going to make it. But there's a guy who had the work ethic, the desire, and boom, he became a huge, huge star. So I always tell kids, chase your dream. But if you look at it as a businessman, there's 1,500 NFL football players. There's 500 NBA basketball players. There's probably 200 wrestlers making a living. It's a, it's inter- entertainment. It's more competitive than sports. And it's just not kids from America. You got kids from Japan, Australia, Europe. And it's extremely competitive business. People don't see that. Well, I mean, Excellent. one more follow-up, Bully, is like really quick about that day with you and yep. the Sheik. What were you, I mean, what were you thinking getting in the car with the Iron Sheik? I mean, seriously. Well, no, what no, were you no, thinking? Yeah. Well, I'm new <laughs> thinking to Thinking about getting high. You know, actually, I was lucky to survive it professionally. It was a huge blow to my career. I mean, I went from the penthouse at WrestleMania three in front of 93,000 people standing with my two by four over the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. USA! The whole play was rocking. Two and a half weeks later, I'm across on the Garden State Parkway with my hands next to the Sheik. People going by, is that Hacksaw? And the Iron Sheik. Uh, it, was, it was a huge blow to my career. But I flew into Newark. I, I was driving. She said, yeah, the worst thing about it, people think me and the Sheik are friends. I gave a guy a ride to one day. I said, yeah, jump in, Sheikski. We're driving down the road. He said, uh, maybe we get some St. Pauli girl beer. I'll never drink another St. Pauli girl beer in my life. We got some 
I got my little weed ski. I'm like, maybe we smoke a doobie. So we're Papa Doob and I'm drinking a beer going down the parkway. And there's a cop, you know, and I go by the cop, this trooper. And he's like, oh, and he pulls us over. And my dad, God bless him, he was chief of police at the time. Then they pulled me over and I rolled on the window and the cop comes. I live in Louisiana at this point that has drive through daiquiri huts. I'm doing nothing wrong. I got a beer in my lap. The cop comes up here drinking while they're driving. I said, yes, sir, but I'm not drunk. <laughs> he said, the illegal in New Jersey. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and he says, do you have anything else you want to tell me about? And, you know, I knew you could smell the weed in Louisiana. They just take it and tell you to go on your road, you know. So I said, yes, sir, there's a small amount of marijuana under my seat. Out of the car, feet back and spread them, you know. <laughs> so I'm out against the car. Ho! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you what was she, what was no. she doing the whole time? <laughs> Not working. They pull the sheik ski out and they pull up in his purse three grams of coke. <laughs> oh. So now we go to the, we go. I get a I get a ticket for drinking while driving, and uh, having less than a half ounce of marijuana. Sheik's got a felony arrest, three grams of cocaine. He has to go in front of a judge and everything. He gets bonded out. We make the show that night in Asbury Park. We don't tell nobody. Convention hall. Yeah, we don't tell nobody. I called my wife that night. I said, "Honey, we got pop, but nobody knows about it." she called me six o'clock the next morning everybody knows so my first call to was my my dad god bless him who was my best man in my wedding and he's he's chief of police and he gets ambushed all the tv cameras how about your son get arrested for cocaine marijuana drinking on the parkway and so i called my pop he's like you get arrested for cocaine i'm like no sir i got arrested for marijuana and he chewed my ass. My family rallied around me because they realized what a huge blow this was going to be to my career. And my next call was to Vince. <laughs> and never in my life have I gotten through so quick in my life to Vince. You know, he's usually Duggan for Vince. Hold on. <laughs> I'm like, Jim Duggan for Vince. Click, click, Jim. And bully, I'll tell you, to the day I die, I'll remember verbatim what he said to me. He goes, Jim, what have you done to us? And I said, Vince, I'm embarrassed and ashamed. He says, turn in your tickets and go home. So we had a big stack of airplane tickets back then. And boom. And then Jake tried to schmooze it over. And then Jake called me, go, you're screwed, brother. You know, uh, it was a huge blow. And so for a while, I went off the deep end, man. I went crazy. Like my wife stayed with me down there in Louisiana. Because I went from on top of the world at WrestleMania three to being fired and disgraced to drink driving with a sheik. I mean, second worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. And uh, so finally, I realized I had to get back to work. And I called Dusty at WCW and I set a move to fly in down to Atlanta. And Bruce Pritchard called me, said, don't do nothing drastic. We're going to bring you back. And they brought me back, but they never put the big gas on me, but they kept me strong and I had a good career. But I think without that bust, I was on the trajectory to be a world champion, maybe. I think but that didn't make that big of a difference, tell you the truth. Obviously, you're still in demand. And again, when we talk about the Royal Rumble, when they're talking about the Royal Rumble 30, 40, 50 years from now, 
whenever they talk about it, they're always going to talk about the very first one in 1988. And, of course, the very first winner of the very first Royal Rumble, January 24th, 1988, was this man, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Sir, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for the time. And enjoy this weekend in San Antonio. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.